When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi. Serious. Welcome to High Theory. In this podcast, we get high on the substance of theory. I'm Sharonik Boshu. And I'm Kim Adams. We are two tired academics trying to save critique from itself. This week, I am talking with Pardis Tabashi about the autonomous work of art. So I'm going to start by asking Pardis to introduce herself. Hi, everybody. And Kim, thanks so much for having me on your awesome podcast. I am, my name is Hardy Stabashi. I'm an assistant professor at the University of Nevada in Reno, and I teach in the English department. I specialize in film studies and 19th and 20th century American, European, and more recently some Persian literature. Okay. What the heck is the autonomous work of art? What the heck is the autonomous work of art? Okay, before before I talk about what the heck the autonomous work of art is, I was wondering if I could just like make sure that everybody know that I'm actually not high. Um, (laughs) And the reason is because I, my experience with drugs has been nightmarish. Like I don't enjoy it at all. And so I, and so I'm not high. But in another sense, like I wish I were high. So if I like when I inevitably, when I inevitably, make mistakes about what the autonomous work of art is i can blame it on the fact that i'm high i'm like completely sober so like i'm really making mistakes okay all right so now that i've like gotten that out of the way okay all right so now are you ready to answer the questions <laughs> i'm ready to answer the question okay so what the heck is the autonomous work of art my suggestion is that the autonomous work of art actually does not exist okay but it is a concept or um, a placeholder, let's say, that um, Adorno, Theodore Adorno, uses to try to think about the way that we could imagine an alternative reality than the one that we're in. Okay. So for Adorno, the basic condition of human beings under capitalism is that we are subject to or subject others to suffering and uh by way of like domination basically then what the autonomous work of art does is attempt to imagine a reality outside of these relations outside conditions of capital 
But the, the catch is that the very idea of generating a realm outside conditions of capital is itself like a reinscription of capital. Yes, on one on the one hand, there is something about going and dancing naked in the woods that like rejects, ostensibly rejects the power dynamics of capitalism that like force our bodies into doing certain things on a regular basis. Yes. But on the other hand, there is a kind of fantasy of transcendence going on there that Adorno is really skeptical of. The idea that we can make a work of art that transcends the conditions of capital or the way the idea that one could transcend the conditions of capital at all, mm-hmm. that fantasy is just as bourgeois as like the, the bourgeois guy sitting in his apartment, like smoking a cigar and like flipping through magazine. So when I say that the autonomous work of art doesn't exist, Mm-hmm. What I mean is that I don't actually think, like, while on the one hand we could say, yes, okay, like a Pollock painting is an autonomous work of art. So I was thinking when you said people want to go dance naked in the woods, I was thinking, oh, Burning Man. Burning Man is the greatest example, right? <laughs> Burning Man is a perfect example where it's like, oh, yeah, let's like go be in the desert in this like, you know, temporary autonomous zone where anything goes, but let's also pay $4,000 per ticket. Adorno would hate. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Adorno, Adorno hated everything. He hated jazz. Like, he hated everything. I was just joking with a friend that like Adorno is like the most profound killjoy. Like there's no, you can't enjoy anything. He'd be like, the idea of enjoyment is like wrapped up in capitalist ideology. Like he's not wrong, but it's sometimes it's just like, dude, yeah. just like, let me zone out for a minute. Yeah, so totally. Maybe this is a good point to, to ask the next question. Yeah. Okay. Since, you know, it's such a contradictory and maybe non-existent thing, how do I use the autonomous work of art? Like, how does one use the autonomous work of art? I would say, for the, for Adorno, the question would be, like, how does one use the idea of the autonomous work of art? And I think the short answer is, one tries to think the autonomous work of art, and by virtue of the thinking the autonomous work of art, one becomes a different kind of political subject. One who is less susceptible to engaging in the objectification of the other. Okay. So like art shifts directly into politics there, right? Dude, for me, as far as I'm concerned, his meditations on the autonomous work of art are meditations on a different kind of political subjectivity. Even though to my knowledge, he doesn't come out and never really exactly say that. um, That's how, that's how I read it for sure. Okay, so then as a political theory, how will the autonomous work of art save the world? The autonomous work of art can't, can't save the world right now, and it can't save the world like two years from now. Um, but what it can do is contribute to the creation of a critical community. And when I say critical, I don't, I obviously don't mean like academic. What I mean is like contribute to the, to the, to the growth of a kind of like community of people who think critically about like what is in front of them. Can I actually, can I ask you, I know this is kind of a crazy question, but like what is art for Adorno? (laughs) (laughs) I thought that you were like, just going to ask what is art. And I was like, holy shit. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I, if you have an answer to that, please, please give it to me. <laughs> I absolutely don't. But, but like for Adorno specifically, <laughs> if you've got that one, that would be so good. I would say that for Adorno, art is, can I use like really big words like monadologically? Okay, cool. <laughs> monadologically? Excellent. Okay, so the monad. The monad is like a thing, uh, um, a term that uh, that Adorno borrows from Spinoza, and it's like the monad is like the the thing that like recreates in miniature the like the terms or the form of like the totality. Okay. So what in, in the way that the reason why he uses that term to talk about the autonomous work of art is that the autonomous work of art kind of recreates through forms. Like the autonomous work of art isn't like a painting, like a Diego Rivera mural, for example, that like shows like working bodies. Adorno would be like, this is not the autonomous work of art. It's not about thematizing labor at level of content. For him, that's like just as much part of the bourgeois fantasy of like transcending capital as like anything else. So for him, the reason why I use the Jackson Pollock example is that like that's something like really formally fragmented that in its formal fragmentation sort of recreates in miniature the fragmentation and internal contradictions of capitalist modernity. Okay. So, so, so this is why he's drawn more toward modernist aesthetics. Okay. So what, what defines art as such is form. And then what's powerful and maybe like the saving grace, if we're going to go back to that, like how will it save the world question involves the the viewer's interaction or the you know the listener's interaction with the work totally totally and and what's interesting about adorno is that he doesn't really talk about reception all that much Hmm. except for this um relatively brief moment in the aesthetic theory where he talks about what he calls the shutter okay the shutter ideally is the thing that I, as a person, like, let's say, looking at a painting, let's say at a Pollock painting, experience, when I look at the Pollock painting, I, and I experience what Adorno calls the, a shudder, which is a kind of like a, a breaking down of my subjectivity, like a recognition of the fact that my subjectivity is like wholly dependent on that which is outside of me. Ideally, what the autonomous work of art would do is like generate in me a shudder. I suppose that's one way it could save the world. But again, it's like, what the fuck? Like, that doesn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, you know. It's not what I feel when I go to art museums. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly not. Certainly I feel not. very hailed as a bourgeois subject. I don't. I don't. Me too. I go there. I'm like, oh, I I should think that this is beautiful. Therefore, I will yeah. say I should be quiet and proper and observe the beauty. <laughs> Meanwhile, to myself, I'm thinking I really want a hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, I, that seems like a really excellent note to end on. <laughs> <laughs> I think, by the way, I think Adorno yeah. has like somewhere spoken poorly of hot dogs. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. 
man. Thank you so much for having me on here. Yeah, thank you for coming. Um, can I ask you to say goodbye to our listeners? Oh, listeners, goodbye. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's, been, it's been like absolutely, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to High Theory. If you like our podcast, please review and subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Patreon, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Sharonik Bosu manages our social media presence. Owen Quinn composes our theme music, and Kim Adams edits our audio. You can also find us at hightheory.net. We hope you have a highly theoretical day.